Welcome to All's Fair in Lava and Floor. I'm Amanda. And I'm Ann. And we're here to talk about everybody's favorite obstacle course game show, Floor is Lava. And this week we are joined by a good friend and artist and art director, uh, Caleb Cleveland. Hello, everyone. I am so pleased to be here. Anne, Amanda, thank you so much for having me on here. It's great so to great you. to have you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I uh... I cannot wait to discuss this show. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes, I um, I truly like was so delighted to to chat with you about it a little bit. So you were talking to us a little bit before we started recording. You've never watched the show before. I've done, I've made a, a conscious decision to be as clean a slate as I possibly can. So that I have no, I, I leave no delight on the table when I listen to you guys uh, describe this show that you love so much. Uh, I want to be, I want to, I, I want to see, like, I want to, I want to see the delight in your eyes, even though I can't see you because we're recording this uh, remotely. Um, as I drop, you know, dollar dollar bills onto the table, as, as you describe this, just like what you guys get out of the show. And mm-hmm. I, and you watch as, or listen in this case, as I start slapping my hundies uh, down as well. <laughs> Excellent. What a I got to tell metaphor. you, I, I, I've done a, a, a tiny bit of investigation into Flores Lava. Yeah. And I got to tell you, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nibbling. I'm, <laughs> this is a tasty, tasty cookie that you guys it, have, uh, have placed in my lap. <laughs> I am straight nibbling at the edges. This is a beautiful <laughs> flavor that you have given to me. A gift, you. if you will. Yes. I mean, truly. I think you understand the exact vibe of this show very well already. <laughs> yeah, I do. Have- Did you know that 80,000 gallons, U.S. gallons, that is uh, 66,614 gallons or 302,833 liters of uh, slippery bright red goop uh, are used in a disused IKEA in Burbank, California, California, to simulate the lava. And in this beloved show, did you know this? Yes, that exact like one sentence I did have. Um, I remember last season being absolutely baffled by the fact that it was an abandoned IKEA. In particular, it's, <laughs> it's so perfect. It's, it's poetic. It really is. Like I just imagine the showrunners, like in their friggin' Indiana Jones garb, like surmounting the <laughs> IKEA, like looking down and going, "It's perfect." You know, yeah. like you know, it, they've uncovered it. The sand is blowing through the desolate wasteland of Burbank. <laughs> you know, they get they hop out of their 1940s Land Rovers and they're just like. It's it's better than I could have dreamed, and every everything is lava now. It'll be perfect, you know. Yeah, it's a uh, it's something it's something else. Um, I need Do you, you regret having me on yet? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, I need you to say the the factoid you figured out that you told us before we started recording, because I need to have an appropriate reaction to it on air. Okay, you got it. So this is. 
I, I have yet to have this substantiated by more than one source. But according mm. to executive producer Anthony Carbone, whose name is just delicious, by the way, the show <laughs> pur- purchased and repurposed. I, I love how free. I, I just love this. I love how everything in the show is like repurposed junk. Uh, they repurposed <laughs> the volcano used by Kanye West from the Yeezus tour as the <laughs> volcano in Flores Lava. Can you dig it? I love that so much. <laughs> it's genuinely extraordinary. I, I love the idea oh. of this volcano, you know, um, emerging, emerging after however many days, you know, coming back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Ex- yes. Yes. <laughs> returning. Oh, like returning from from set design, the zombie land and right. and making its second coming mm-hmm. on Flora's lava, <laughs> getting the getting the praise that it deserves exactly it's perfect i'm just so delighted by this i mean that just adds so much more joy to this for me (laughs) here here i'm so happy to hear it i i just can't believe it um but anyway i'm sure you're gonna have a lot of other fun insights for us for this episode um we're on season three episode three uh which is our return to the garage yeah, um, speaking of things coming back from from beyond, uh, mm-hmm. the jumpsuit is back, and that yes. that we now we have confirmation that the back pocket rag is completely intentional and specific yes. to the garage, and that pleases me enormously. Like I yes. wanted, I did not want that to be a coincidence. I did not want it to me to be about me reading something into it that was not there. Uh, right. And I, it's really a joy that that was, in fact, that someone thought about this and made this decision consciously. <laughs> I know. The- now, as a stranger to the show, when I Google Flores Lava Jumpsuit is back, I there is a dearth of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. things for me to find. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what we are discussing is something that we spent quite a lot of time uh, obsessing over in the very first episode of this show, uh, mm-hmm. of this, Please. of season two. Yes. Uh, which was that um, Rutledge Wood, the host, mm. yes. was wearing like a shop jumpsuit uh, as the uh, scene was in or the, the obstacle course for that episode was in a garage. And Oops. so the understanding was that uh, he was going to be maybe in costume for all of the all of the rooms. Uh, for all of the episodes. And it turns out, no, it's just the garage. (laughs) (laughs) They just thought that would be great. Um, uh, The garage was in season two, episode one. uh, And I went back and watched that Mm -hmm. instead of watching this episode a second time because uh, I was curious about something. The... um, the garage was an extremely difficult room yes. for everybody. Um, and I remember like that from last time. What are we talking about? Yeah. Physically. I mean, spiritually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it was both. Um, it was emotionally difficult for people. Uh, uh, one of the people in the second team basically just repeatedly said, like, I actually don't want to do this. She was just standing <laughs> in the entrance to the room. Uh, and said, oh, no, I don't think I can do this. Oh, no, I'm going to fall. Oh, no. Like, just the whole time. Um, I love it. But 
also the obstacle course itself was extremely difficult. In this episode, there were three teams of three and only one person across all nine people got out of the room. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this room is extremely difficult. And one of the things that I uh, remembered from last time was that the there's a um, there is a wagon outside or that is the last thing you have to jump off of before you exit the room on this course and i remember that wagon being disastrous for everybody Mm -hmm. and when i started watching this episode i saw some like padding on the the base of it and i thought it was new and that they had like reinforced it to try to make it less likely that people would just fly right off of it because almost everyone who jumps onto it basically just skids right off the other side yeah um but that wasn't true this is what it was uh also last time and like identically uh difficult and menacing for everybody involved (laughs) 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 they went they purposely hired a new like uh, producer to go in there and saw off like a a good cubic inch of one of the legs of the of the wagon or something like that to make it less (laughs) Uh, to to make it worse, basically, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point, actually. Just from a hypothetical standpoint, that you wonder um, if you took any one of these obstacles, how many inches could you move them before it either became too easy or too hard? Because I bet that's got to be dialed in real precisely. Yeah. I mean, this, there must be a there must be like a. I wonder if somebody's doing math on this about like average jump height versus average physical height of contestants and being mm-hmm. able to make it. Somebody somebody thought that seriously about it, I bet, instead of just sort of being like, I don't know, this looks cool here. Let's see if somebody can jump onto it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they do definitely have very a lot of awareness of uh, how far away all of the jumps are mm-hmm. in a way and, you know, the commentary and stuff like that of like, oh, this is the hard jump in the room. This is the one that's four feet. Like, oh, no. Um, but I don't think that the wagon is just impossible, I think, because of the <laughs> sides specifically. Yeah. Um, because so many people try to jump over them and then the momentum of jumping over the side like just kicks them right off the other mm-hmm. side. I don't know. It's just bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. think moving that obstacle would help because if you move it further away, then you have difficulty with the foam piece on the closer side unless one of your other teammates has has made themselves a sacrifice <laughs> uh, to right. take it off. And if you, you know, if you jump, if it's closer to you, then you're going off the other side instead. It's an right. interesting it's an interesting challenge. Those those foam sides make it much harder than any of the other obstacles in a lot of ways. Yes. I love the strategy that you guys have developed in navigating the, uh, the just sheer jankiness of some of these set pieces. Um, but that some of them are like, because uh, again, in my research, I, I found out that one of the main um, inspirations behind uh, the obstacle course was the video game uh, Uncharted. You know, they wanted people mm. to friggin' mm. like parkour their way across, like you know, right. their Nathan Drake. Um, apparently, that done happen, uh, <laughs> and most most because most of the people are, uh, as you say, they're trying to figure out which foam piece will support themselves, and the other which will just like make them eat hot lava, um, and uh, or in this case, uh, delicious uh, syrupy goop. 
yeah man now i'm really like emotionally uh uh invested in the show Uh, (laughs) well uh uh, sorry to have done that to you but also not sorry yeah we just we knocked you directly (laughs) into the the emotional lava um yes i know god i didn't yeah i I knew this was going to be physically painful i didn't know it was going to be spiritually and emotionally lava as well (laughs) yes yes well i mean that's what we that's what we do here on all's fair and lava and floor so um Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit through our teams. Our first team was Team Checkmate, which Mm -hmm. was Shane, his girlfriend Angel, and then Angel's dad, Levi. Were they members of the high school chess club? They played chess together. Uh, Yeah, they just played a lot of chess. Uh, Caleb, the team names and themes are some of the loosest associations (laughs) in any media I've ever ever witnessed um so i'm I'm down for it it is uh it was that they play chess together sometimes well now now you have to give them credit that this is this is yet again some netflix synergy because right they said that um that a netflix show had gotten them into the the queen's gambit had gotten them into playing (laughs) chess and i think that maybe the dad had been playing prior to that and this was just sort of reawakening his his passion for chess but um i actually thought that was quite charming that that's a that's a really fun thing to watch a show and be like you know what this looks like fun and chess is a little bit easier to then take up than trying not to fall into lava if you find this show inspiring right yeah i feel like they definitely had to up if if they're mere chess masters they need to up their game uh (laughs) at uh in terms of like strategic thinking while on their feet this is physical chess you know not mere (laughs) this is you know i feel i love how they came full circle you know they play mm-hmm. chess before, then then Netflix. Then they play chess again, then Netflix. And then <laughs> and all of a sudden they're playing like wizard's chess, you know, dodging obstacles and you know, as as bubbling red lava uh, cascades at their feet. I love this so much. Thank you so much for illustrating that uh, that story and taking us all on that journey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was such a weird vibe for this team too. Uh, I had like I had an instant like. You and your girlfriend and her dad are doing this together. <laughs> are you sh- are you sure? Kind I, of okay. love awkward. Is that what yeah? You're but like they all got along well, except yeah. for uh, Levi did basically in their little intro package threaten to not give his blessing for them to get married unless what? they won. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I don't. I think that was probably a producer kind of yeah probably. prodding things in that direction. And and I I feel like he probably he seemed to think that it was funny. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that that was uh, that was that was something that they were sort of coached into doing because I, I don't think we yeah. I don't think it felt like that was the energy when they were on the course. Like it felt like they were people right. who trusted each other and yes, um, you know, they were being relatively supportive and everything. And I just got, you know, I think Levi, I got this really kind of quiet vibe from him, but he, I mean, he was, he was really good at the course and like yeah. to their credit, none of them seemed daunted when they came into the room and they were yes. immediately ready. Like we are going out on this course right away, which we did not necessarily see with some of the teams in this episode or in other episodes that people often hit the door and think, this was a terrible mistake, <laughs> and now right. I have to do this. And they don't leave the doorway, which you do. It's very important to leave the doorway if you want to finish yes. the course. Um, pretty 
pretty critical. Yeah. yeah. But they were they were all out. They were all out and, and going for it, like pretty much immediately, which is nice to see. Yeah, it was great. Um, Levi was very good at the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of that was because he took falls well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because he all he basically almost fell on every single obstacle he traversed like every jump was him like landing on his knees or on his stomach on a thing and just clutching on for dear life before moving on which i had mad respect for i was like this is how you do it do not be shy about having to keep yourself on this uh on this course you need help that's okay if you try to look cool or be brave you're gonna fall in mm-hmm. so he left it all on the lava yeah wait did he get out <laughs> he did get out he was the one person yeah he in got on he's the ultimately. only person who got out he had some close calls though he got he got his legs yes. in at one point he had some really close calls i i don't remember if i've said this on the podcast before but my parents did ice dancing for a while when they were much younger which is the opposite no, you've of, never said that before this is the opposite of <laughs> lava minute, stuff <laughs> Um, <laughs> can, can I ask you what what is ice dance? Uh, it's like figure skating, but without the jumps, basically. Um, yeah. So they, this, it does it is not jump heavy, and it's it's usually not lift heavy, although it is it is now more so. Um, but yeah, basically without all the big jumps, and you do it with a partner. But yeah, ice dancing. They had a teacher who was pretty accomplished. I think may have been in the Olympics at one point. I don't remember. Um, oh but the first the first thing that he told them. Uh, you know, in their first class was like, the thing you have to learn is how to fall down because yes. you are going to fall down and you need to fall down in such a way that you're not going to hurt yourself. So you can't be scared of doing it um, because if you're scared of falling, you're definitely going to fall and it's definitely going to be bad. So I, I feel like that is really, you know, something that's important about these courses that you have to attack the obstacles as if you are not afraid of the sort of inevitability of falling because um, you know, you're more likely to hurt yourself if you're thinking halfway through like, oh, no, I'm not going to land this, um, you know, and, and right. Levi was very, very good at, at catching himself and not seeming that psyched out by the fact that he almost fell. Um, right. That he was able to recover. It sounds like you're falling mm. for Levi. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem like Anne's type to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm probably not. Um, I'm guessing he may not be single, although they did not mention that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, as just as falling for like his <laughs> heroism, his, yes. the yeah. fact that he is like willing to just just be the hero that this show <laughs> deserves and needs. I mean, Angel was taking she was taking some really serious flying yeah. leaps, and she made that jump to the treadmill when nobody else did. So yes. you know, I don't want to say that that um, that everybody else on the team was not doing equally well uh, and putting their all in because she definitely was. I think uh, I think Shane definitely was. They were they were really going for it. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a really impressive run overall. And yeah, the there is the switch in the room that's supposed to slow down the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I maintain once again, that switch doesn't matter. That switch does not matter. They made such a big deal out of it. Slowing down that treadmill the switch is, a lie. is is not an advantage. Um, it's just, it's not because I mean, yeah, it barely does anything. And the one person who made the jump didn't have it turned off for her Mm -hmm. and she was fine. But yeah, it was, uh, 
I mean, that was like the highlight for me as well as just the dumb wagon again. Uh, <laughs> just taking out just taking out both of them. I think the only reason Levi was as successful as he was is because all the sides had been knocked off of it by yeah. that point. Yeah, that does seem to be the way with the wagon that you have to have another teammate fall in to take those pieces off for you and then yep. you are much more likely to be able to land it. I don't I mean mm-hmm. I think um I think Shane Shane was very hesitant in the beginning and yeah. Angel was really trying to Shane's encourage the dad. yeah. And then uh, Shane he, is the boyfriend. Yeah, he's boyfriend. the boyfriend. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Levi's the dad. Yeah, Levi's the yes. dad. Um so Shane was was uh stuck on the paddleboard for a while. Until his girlfriend had to tell him, like, you can just get on the fridge. And then, of course, he does it, like, nervous that this isn't going to work. And it's like, oh, that was easy. And then not even a couple of minutes later, he's saying that he should have been in the Olympics. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that turnaround. I mean, I guess that's maybe that's a sign of a good relationship that she was able to, like, get him in a better headspace that quickly. Gas him up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fill up his lava tank. Exactly. I like Mm -hmm. it. And then we had... Our second team, the L.A. Jitterbugs, which was, I assume they're not a three-person dance team. Yeah. I assume there's either more people or, like, something. I, I don't know, something. Yeah. Uh, I felt like there was more information there that we were not getting that I was curious right. about. Yeah. Yeah, I was very curious about that as well. the Jitterbugs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so it was Steve, uh, Kareen, and... Hunter. Carini. Um, like Carini. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I had written a like phonic spelling for myself and then I erased it. So I was like, I got this. Yeah. It's very pretty, but it's very unusual. I have not heard that yeah. name before. Uh, I was delighted by the fact that they started out at the entrance. Not, their time hadn't even started <laughs> and they did a little dance to show off that they were dancers and Carini almost fell in. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have a really important question for both of you that I don't have the answer to, but I think we have yes. to discuss. What do you think happens if before the timer has even started, one of the team members falls into the lava? Like, do they pull them out and let them clean themselves up? Like, do they have a, a contingency plan for this? Are you just out at that point? Like, if you were if you were breakdancing or whatever and you fall in the lava, is that it? <laughs> Man, I don't know. I. I think they would have them clean up and like just, you know, start again. But I do think they'd leave it in the episode. I think they'd <laughs> yes, like shame you with to. it a little bit. <laughs> you, no, that would be so funny. You have to leave it in the episode. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would. I, I'm going to throw my hat in there as well and just say, yeah, you have to wear it like a badge of shame. Exactly. <laughs> for the rest of the episode. Yes. And I mean, uh, Karini later on, uh, because everyone on this team fell in the lava um (laughs) when they were on the ledge with uh rutledge watching the next team she was the only one to visibly be not wearing the same outfit Mm. she was wearing like a different shirt no i didn't notice that yeah it was very small like she was wearing like a collared uh white t-shirt uh with her dress skirt thing um and then uh when she was up on the up on the balcony she had just like a white tank top on it was the first time I've been like, oh, it's not the same one. They definitely <laughs> changed, even though, of course, they did. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen how sticky and gooey this lava is? Of course, they change. But now I have proof. 
You wouldn't take my word for it, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I did take your word for it. It's just now I'm also like, and yeah, I can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, the, I was also validated by this run because uh, Karini, after almost falling, makes a comment about her shoes being a mistake. And yep. <laughs> yes, those were dance shoes. Those do not have grip on them. They're flexible soles, mm-hmm. which is great, but you don't have the grip. It's not going to work out yeah. for you. It's not a good choice yep. for this specific application. And it was definitely a problem. She just didn't quite have the purchase that she needed. I mean, I think she would right. have had some trouble anyway because she was petite and she was intimidated and everything yes. was extremely covered in lava. So, you know, I'm not I'm yeah. not blaming her, but I do think that the shoes were a contributing factor. Yeah. No, you got to leave your capizios at home if you're going <laughs> to right. shred lava. Yeah, I mean, she definitely she was commenting on that as soon as she came in the room, mm-hmm. which did take her a while. It did. Uh, she was commenting on it before she left the entrance, really. But I mean, it was truly her shoes that were her downfall because she slipped on the little like narrow ledge of the the tool wall. Yeah, just because like she couldn't quite reach the next grip yeah and as she was trying to reach it her shoes just slipped like there was there was nothing she could have done it was a very smooth fall it Uh, was yeah it was a a beautiful graceful fall she looked wonderful which is why i think uh in my uh rewatch of episode one of season two uh to check on the garage uh they included her fall, as well as uh, Angel's uh, scream in agony when Shane fell in, mm. uh, in the like, this is what's going to happen uh-huh. this season, like yeah. opener, nice. which uh, also confirms what I I didn't have much doubt, uh, but it confirms what I suspected pretty strongly all along, which is that this was all meant to be one season, not two, mm. <laughs> um, season two and three, because that was a lot of stuff from season three to be in your season trailer that um but yeah i'm going to be curious to uh to know if we can know uh why that happened or if it was just netflix being like uh nah actually we got to brand these (laughs) differently uh for reasons that a network has that don't make any sense but it's not up to you so there you go yeah Um, or some reasons that that, uh reasons that do make sense but only to network executives and not to the people that they're paying right exactly this is this is kind of like uh you know what happened with firefly where they aired it out of order and like at different times of day it's basically that happening here um is what i'm saying (laughs) um but yeah these are not human decisions right did you know since i It's been like 20 minutes since I dropped this back. I want to <laughs> yes. hit you with this. Did you know that they proposed to put chemicals in there that would make the uh, lava glow in the dark, but they scrapped <gasps> it because it would, be, it would become poisonous? Oh, no, I Which didn't I think know that. is weak sauce. I'm just like, <laughs> make it lava, dude. I'm just like, so? Yeah, you shouldn't um, swallow lava either. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's going to be doing like their Winnie the Pooh, like Scrooge McDuck and just diving in there. Yeah, I just feel like it's this is a... Drinking, drinking that lava up. That is, I don't know, that would be a bad. <laughs> anyway, as uh, so, okay, so jitterbugs. We've got uh, team checkmate. We got team jitterbugs. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a third heat mm-hmm. to this? Uh, These super troops. 
the yeah. the Marine Corps. Uh, well, I don't want to be sounds sounds insulting. I think aspiring Marine Corps. It sounded like they weren't. Yeah, they said aspiring Marine yeah, Corps. So I, I think I that guess, they are. I think maybe they've the, done boot camp, but they yeah. haven't actually started yet. I think the officer track in the Marines is like a separate deal. It is. Um, yeah, that that you would join separately. And and I did notice that when they showed their sort of their fun little graphics about the sort of dossiers on them, that they they have other jobs. Um, I remember that I think Alice was a Zumba instructor mm-hmm. and Steph was a biogenesist or something like that. Yeah, she had I remember one of her things was that she's interned at NASA. Yeah, yeah, I do definitely remember that. It was some kind of um like by you know science uh, Yeah, it was science. like an engineer or yeah. 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 Um, which is cool. And then, I mean, and, and I was sort of like, oh, I find that actually more interesting than the fact that you're all, yeah. uh, you know, Marine Corps. But um, but, you know, you, they sort of have to figure out what to whittle down for the package. And they did still put it put it on screen um, to share it with yeah. us. I will say uh, of those three, Steph was if I had to pick uh who all wanted to do this? Mm-hmm. I would say Emily and Alice were very excited, and Steph was the person they roped in because <laughs> they needed a third. That, because yeah, that tracks. Steph was delightfully charming, um, but quiet. And um, when they were doing their oohs and all that stuff, uh, she <laughs> clearly was like saying it in normal voice yes. while the other two. Were I noticed yelling. that too. I noticed that too. <laughs> Phoned in her ooh-rahs. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was like, I appreciate you because I too feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the group, I had that exact the quieter, the quieter one. I mean, she was she was really determined on the course. I, I think. Yes, she seemed. Which season was that? This was this this one this yeah, team the third team. Okay, yeah. so it's yeah, but it's I mean it's twenty twenty two. Who isn't like dead inside? <laughs> right. But yeah, she um, she did a great job on the course. Um, mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where like she was doing her own thing, but like the other two uh, spent so much of their early time in the course just watching Steph and cheering her on for whatever she was doing. Mm-hmm. It just gave me such a like, oh. You're worried she's not having a good time and you really made her do that. Yeah. Yeah. I did wonder about that. If they were sort of it was so I mean, it was really positive and I think it was a a good thing. You know, like you want friends who are willing to do that for you. But she yeah. also seemed like she was in the zone and not really, you know, necessarily hearing it. So it did seem right. like maybe the subtext there was sort of like that, you know, the night before in the hotel, she'd been like, Are we sure? Like, yeah are you sure somebody's emotionally blackmailing her yeah right so. <laughs> maybe kind of yeah yeah i mean i think it must be daunting you know i think um not not that she's not a fit person but you know i think she's she's coming from maybe a slightly different background than they are and right. she's not quite as big and sort of buff um and that that must feel like you don't want to be the person on the team who's like oh no am i going to be the one Am I the weak link here? Yeah. Um, and I think that must be a, I'm this probably a fear for everybody, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, I do wonder if maybe maybe she was a little psyched out. Right. Nice. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to be the flat tire on the tricycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, again, Emily went in trying to make it to that treadmill. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and there was so much back and forth happening because Emily couldn't get across uh the the wetsuits because they hadn't lowered the one yet yeah. 
um, and then started to go back, went for the tribe mill, fell. Alice went past the, or like did the wetsuits and then doubled back. She tried, Alice was trying the paddle board. Oh, Um, right. It was, it was Emily that doubled back uh, when she couldn't do the wetsuits and then um, bit it on the, on the treadmill, didn't quite make that jump. I mean that, that, because that platform was so slick it, yeah. On any of the platforms, if your jumping position is compromised, right? If you try to jump from the center of an obstacle instead of the edge when there's lava on it, there's no yeah. way. There's no way you can't you can't make those jumps because they're too far, and you're definitely going in. I also appreciate the audio guy who did not cut out, but just made it kind of quiet. Her starting to say, "Oh sh," <laughs> she was falling in. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. That's so good. I think they were like, yeah, we can get away with this. We just have to turn the volume down slightly. But I, I'm pretty sure that I heard her. I believe you. That sounds that sounds about right for this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Rutledge, I mean, you know, after the fact, they clearly recorded a like, here's why all of these people are like falling in here and why only Angel got past it like they showed Mm -hmm. clips of them jumping by trying to run and jump off of the platform itself instead of like planting on the edge and pushing off which is what angel did so it felt like rutledge wood was listening to you in the future um (laughs) even though i know this had existed this was recorded and existed already Mm -hmm. but like you've been you've been banging that drum for a while and you you are so right and uh, I'm just glad that Rutledge Wood and Flora's Lava recognizes it. Um. <laughs> I'm very opinionated about uh, precise jump form for slick obstacles for a person who has yes. never been in a room full of lava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Gotta do Yeah. <laughs> I was also heartbroken by Alice's fall because she just was mm. laying belly down on that paddleboard. And just like wasn't perfectly centered and just slid off of it. Like yeah. it was anticlimactic and heartbreaking it at was, the same time. Yeah. Once once you and, I think the the more percentage of your body is covered with lava, the higher the mm-hmm. percentage that whatever obstacle you're on, you are simply going to gently slide off of it and be gone. Right. Yeah. And so that left Steph trying her best to to finish off the room Mm -hmm. she did a good job of like narrating what she was doing once it was clear like well i have to um (laughs) (laughs) but also uh, i mean it was gonna be rough for her no matter what and uh and you know trying to get jump from uh where she had been onto the the hood of a car Mm -hmm. essentially was always going to be excruciatingly difficult and yeah uh, you know it was just sad to see her go in yeah she almost had it too she was real close i think if she'd been a little bit taller or been able to swing a little yeah. bit further like it was really close i think she i think she almost had it and that's that's always yeah. especially heartbreaking when you're like oh no you could you could have actually done this you might have been able to get out of this room Aww. we did get like this was one of our first rooms where um they had to get into the like hyper specific rules <laughs> because hyper specific rules. So because uh, there's there's three teams, mm-hmm. and the top two go to the volcano from uh, the Yeezus tour apparently, um, mm-hmm. and climb that to get to the Mount top- Yeezus, <laughs> right? Mount Yeezus, yes. Um, and whoever 
whatever team gets to the top of that and does um, gets three rocks in place on the top wins the actual episode. But how they determine uh, what the top two teams are is usually just whoever got the most people out the fastest. Yes. And so if you got all three people out and everybody else only got uh, two, then you're for sure going. And then if the other teams that had two, uh, it's whatever one did it faster. Like that is generally how it kind of works out. But this episode, <laughs> the first team got one person out. Ooh. The second team got zero people out, but they did get uh, their they did get one exit pass, which everybody needs to be able to exit the room. Um, and so for the last run, we were uh, given some insight into what it takes to win if you didn't actually get anybody out. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? Well, uh, it's it's a the exit pass is basically the next benchmark. And yeah. so uh, for another team of three, uh, if all three of them were to fall in, but they got an exit pass faster than the previous team, their first exit pass was picked up faster than the previous team's first exit pass was, then the the faster exit pass time would win. Uh, I'm say, assuming what you're describing it makes perfect sense. Right. But it's never come up before. <laughs> yeah, they they did really? introduce it. So this is a new rule. Um, I should right. I should add for for season two and three, because right. the volcano did not exist in season one. So right. you were looking at like just a literal who's going to win, like who's going to get the most people out of uh out out of the room fastest. And they added the exit passes, I think, because they needed a distinctive tri- tiebreaker because they knew that two right. of the three teams were going to go to the volcano under any circumstances. So it's like a backup mechanic. Um, I mean, it also, I think, makes the, the actual run more interesting. But um, yes. You know, because it changes those dynamics. But but I, I I suspect the the key reason was how do you figure out like so if if one team gets one person out and then two other teams no one leaves the room you know for this like exact scenario how how right. do you figure out who the other team is what's the tiebreaker Yeah, that's that's really well. It, it also seems to the way you're describing it really brings the stakes up a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. It it definitely does. Um, and I would guess that if everybody fell in, but one of the teams got all three exit passes and the other only got one or two, maybe that would also do it. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about this show that I love, but also I'm kind of baffled by is the fact that it's so basic that you don't really need <laughs> a rules explanation at whoa, any point. Whoa, whoa. No, no, no. In a good way. Like. You're playing the children's game Flores Lava, the one you played when you were three. Like you didn't have rules, right? And so keeping it rules light is is good. It fits the vibe of the show. Right. Yeah. But it does mean that they never do explain the rules that they have. <laughs> and so uh kind of moving on a little bit, this episode, which is the third episode of season three is the first episode where they explained the rules of how the volcano really works. <laughs> like they gave us complete details and spelled it out versus uh, sort of just implying it while the run was going in all previous episodes. Like you knew it was like, get to the top, put three rocks in their spots. But 
this is the first time that they take the time to like spell it out before the run has started and mention that like, okay, everybody has to get over to this landing at the bottom of the volcano from this starting point before anybody can start climbing the volcano. Uh, they've mentioned it uh, before when like somebody was taking a really long time yeah. to get there in commentary, but they've never just like explained <laughs> it. Um, and so I mean, fair enough because we're all, I mean, we're all adults, right? Right. I mean, we all know how volcanoes work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> you have to, you can put a toe in, but neither elbow. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the way it works. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I, I wonder if the reason why it was a little bit more thorough in this episode was simply that they had time because, yeah. you know, there's always this question of like, how do you edit the runs? How do you edit the intro packages? How do you edit the mm -hmm. volcano? Um, to, to keep the pace moving because the episodes all have to be the same length but people don't necessarily do the same length run and I am wondering if maybe this was like okay well um, you know I, I mean I'm skipping ahead but it's not a spoiler because we've seen the episode um, <laughs> you know <laughs> the 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 uh, the jitterbugs got up the the volcano wildly faster than anybody so else who had, I mean it was just mind-boggling and I kind of wonder if they were sort of like okay well we can't necessarily make this more thrilling unless we just sort of stretch it out a bunch with the editing so yeah. maybe the interesting thing to do here <laughs> is to just explain what's happening a little bit more clearly yeah. because we have the time to do that I don't know this is this yeah. is my hypothetical editing theory that's kind of fair that was also though. my suspicion it was just, well, they've clearly got time because Rutledge yeah. did say this is literally the fastest anyone's ever climbed the volcano. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And boy, tutorials, so, tutorial audio is, uh, this is now right. having done a year's worth almost of, of game game stuff. Right. I would say that um, having, having timing right for tutorial audio so that people listen to it and understand the rules mm -hmm. but don't get bored, it's a big challenge. So, you know, respect yeah. on that front. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something for, that you from your own level of expertise would, would know that. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. A little bit at least. <laughs> yes, you do. And you're great at what you do. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that that's also the, the same reason that they had time for it is probably the same reason they didn't pick this episode to be the first one mm -hmm. uh, that aired because it was of, uh, you know, the new, uh, rules and all of that because to have the jitterbugs just crush that volcano in a record time and then no one ever comes close to it yeah. in two seasons would be probably a little bit uh a little bit wild of an experience yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow i did love uh after I mean, I tried to take notes of the volcano, but of course it was so fast. <laughs> um, there was just no way. But afterwards, um, uh, Steve uh, and Karini went for like a kiss with each other and both were like, Ugh. oh, wait, you're covered in goo. <laughs> <laughs> and like second guessed it. Like I watched both of them lean in and both of them retract. I did not even see that. That's very funny. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and watch great. that part. <laughs> it's it's a really like beautiful moment that I really like, and they end up kind of settling for one of those like side of the mouth kisses on the cheek from one of them, and mm -hmm. it's great. It's beautiful. I respect everything about it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Even the kisses have to have some sort of strategy. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's brilliant when you're, when you're coated with you know volcano slime. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Take the exactly. crap out of it. 
Yeah, I do suspect that the reason they were so incredibly fast at the volcano when you could argue that their performance in the room was less than stellar, um, I think it had to do with something that Karini said about she wished someone could just toss her. Um, yes. And I think, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I think I think that um, doing those kinds of dances, there are throws and stuff, and you have to trust mm-hmm. that your partner's going to catch you. And I think that they were uniquely positioned to be used to not even thinking about grabbing somebody's butt and just pushing yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, knowing knowing each other well enough to do that, being comfortable with doing that. And I think that the reason that they struggled on the course was because they're used to working in tandem. And, right. you know, so oh. the, the volcano is the exact flip of that, right? Of like, it's, it's very, you have to go kind of single player mode uh, other than verbally for the most part. Um, or strategy wise in the room but on the volcano you have to be able to work together and I think it really played to their strengths in the end yes I agree that's cool you got to switch gears for the volcano Mm -hmm. yeah I dig it it's a this show is practically perfect in every way and it's because (laughs) it it plays with stuff like that so much in a really fun and casual way but also like really sincere like teamwork Mm -hmm. is important and there's different ways to do teamwork and it it highlights that and it it lets people kind of showcase it a little bit in a really stupid way and i love that Mm -hmm. and even if even if you lose you can hold hands and perish in the lava together Yeah, this was <laughs> this was the first time uh, that the other team hadn't gotten up the lava or uh, up the volcano at all uh, when they'd lost, mm-hmm. um, and so they just sort of had to belly flop into the lava at level because normally they would be up high enough that they could take the little uh, slide in the middle of the volcano and slide down into it. So I felt kind of bad for them that they didn't even get to do the slide. <laughs> Um, so Caleb, uh, every, uh, every week on this show, we like to ask our guests, uh, what two people they would like to, you know, have as a team to, to take a pass at this obstacle course game show with, uh, they can be, they can be friends, they can be celebrities, they can be fictional characters, whoever you want. What, what do you think would set you up for success? Well, I'm going to pull the basic card here and say mm-hmm. you two, obviously. <laughs> um, well, don't say that too loud because, you know, we're we meant to try to get on this season. Uh, and no. no, I'm not kidding. But here's the thing. Uh, I have conditions on our uh, qualifications for the mm-hmm. show is that all three of us would need to be in Lord of the Rings cosplay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, because like you said, we each would bring our individual strengths to mm-hmm. this to uh floor is lava mm-hmm. uh it would it would be and but at the same time when it comes to surmounting the volcano we need to work in tandem we need to work as a team one of us needs to toss the other <laughs> and i feel like uh I, that's the first thing that came to my mind i'm just like oh we got we got a we got a fellowship of the rings of the crap right now and <laughs> sure uh, I'm, that's the that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that all three of us like working in tandem would become like the barrel of monkeys that would uh, triumph over Mount Jesus. And I feel like, <laughs> I mean, uh, and that's slam not dunk, fair. Slam dunk into the the crack of doom. And I feel like that's, yeah. that's all we need to do. That's it. It's the only thing that makes sense to me in uh, my own perverse logic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did all functionally meet each other at various conventions and nerd things. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. 
um, for us as a theme. I'm sure, I'm sure they would be happy to tack that uh, loosely formulated theme onto us. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like if if Netflix and Amazon ever wanted to do like a big corporate high five, it could be like Lava of the Rings. You know, it would be <laughs> wow. this perfect, uh, this big, beautiful conflagration. And there in the crucible at the center, you know, formed in its, you know, uh, pyroclastic, you know, magnificence would be us. <laughs> I love your like hopeful vision for the future that one day – a couple of extremely large corporations could come together for a good goof, uh, even though they are like, you know, very much rivals mm -hmm. in similar spaces. That's, it would be that's, a single yeah. episode that would be a billion dollars and the three of us would be the stars. That's it. Yep, that makes sense. I feel like yes. that is a good investment on both of their parts. Uh, three non-actors. Um, three non-actors yeah. who, uh, between the three of us, maybe... Equate to like one half of a, of a super trooper, yeah. And right. I feel like you know, I feel like that's 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 entertainment gold. That's power. Yeah. Yeah. Can Can Elijah Wood like co-host with with Rutledge Wood because that feels like some good Just synergy. Yeah. Yes. Oh Here my gosh. Yep. I love this. Have him do it, but dressed as Wurt, you know, and <laughs> let's uh, let's. I feel like let's just do the whole. Let's. I mean, why why go halfway? Yeah, exactly. No half measures here. Exactly. Uh, Lava well, lifts us up where we belong. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, Caleb, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a journey for me as well. Uh, this has been a, a delight. Thank you both so much for having me. Of course. Uh, where can people find you? And, and, you know, let us know if you've got anything to plug. Uh, certainly. Well, right now, uh, where we were recording it, we're in the depths of October. Uh, we are uh, just about almost uh, like a third of the way through our uh, Kids on Bikes uh, second edition uh, Kickstarter. Uh, we are we have broken the 110k mark on our on our uh, crowdfunding um, uh, efforts for this. Wow! Uh, congratulations, yeah. role playing game. Thank you so much. If you don't know, it's about. Uh, strange stories in little towns. It's kind of based on like Goonies, E.T., Stranger Things, that sort of thing. If you like sure. role-playing games and you like that sort of uh, fun genre-based, uh, you know, wackiness, then this is definitely for you. Cool. And uh, I can be found at uh, Caleb is Drawing on all of your friendly neighborhood social medias. Hey, great. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, it, like I said, great to have you. And uh, yeah, I... Uh, I'm very into kids on bikes, so I'm I'm really glad that that campaign is going well. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're happy to. Thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of his song Lava as the intro and outro of our program. You can find more of his music on Bandcamp, and we've linked that in the episode description. And before we all hold hands and throw this podcast into the fires of Mount Doom, where it was forged, <laughs> I just want to remind everyone that all's fair and lava and floor. floor! <laughs> we did it. High five. I love it. Yeah, high five. We did it. <laughs>